Hey everybody, I just wanted to um, let everybody know that this podcast is just a consult, didn't really do a whole lot of training, but mostly just talking about behavior concerning Dexter and his um, and a small child. So I, I want to let you know that uh, this does not involve any training, but it does involve theory and understanding how to correct certain behaviors. So if you're having trouble with a child and a dog, this might be a good episode for you to listen to. Um, the family I visited today, they're just some amazing, wonderful people, and um, they want to do what's best for the dog, and they're looking for an understanding in a way to um, help the dog get okay with certain situations. Um, it was just a really good uh, experience to come out and meet little Dexter and see where he's coming from. Very confident, well-mannered dog. And he's just having certain certain circumstances trigger certain behavior. And that's no different. He just did never learn how to deal with it. And so I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And it was a lot of fun um, working with this family today. So if you have any questions about the podcast, please leave me you know, comments. Um, or if you need to talk to me uh, individually or privately, just go ahead and feel free to give me a call. And we will and I will help you. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. And you just jump. Push him off. Oh, I got that. Oh, I got that. Okay. Yeah. And so, but like, he'll get in the mood where he gets excited and then like, he's like, he's like trying to walk into him, like mm-hmm. not, not respecting his space. Of course, he's not listening to us because he's a toddler. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so, we intervene whenever, like, if he is growling and, like, if he pins himself in the corner or something. Okay. If nothing happens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, or a great example is, which we can, we can, I'm sure we can we'll just give him another dental stick. De- oh, a dental stick is what we, will we trigger him? Well, so he resources him. <laughs> so, oh, okay. so he gives it to him, and then he wants to chase him. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's the thing is, like, when he gets in those modes of, like, pursuing the dog and, like, because even when he wants to pet, like, he wants to run to him that mm-hmm. pets him. Real fast. Yeah. yeah so it's super fast. So he never he never learned to kind of adjust in that way of um, knowing what to do right then and there. So he doesn't have enough confidence when the moving's happening that fast. Yeah. And it's... In, the main time that he growls whenever he's moving fast is if he's on our bed, because he does sleep in our bed. Okay. Um, he does pretty good down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, once he kind of breaks that two-foot barrier, he did. that's when he start, yeah, starts Once Once the personal space gets violated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so different areas, like the ottoman, his personal space mm-hmm. is a little bit bigger yeah. than mm-hmm. it is on the couch or the recliner. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal space is the largest on our bed. Right. Um, but if he's just laying on the floor, he doesn't really care too much. Personal space is almost zero. Okay. But yeah, but once he's like touching him and stuff, like yeah. It'll so once he gets there. to a point where he has actual comfortability, feels good, doesn't want to move, that's when it really starts to kick in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it's just he kind of. Well, I mean, like even in our bed now, he didn't used to growl whenever we would like move and he's touching us. Yeah. And oh, so especially growls. growls at her. Like. So now if her foot touches. Yeah, yeah well, or she'll go, he'll lay on her side, she'll brush her teeth or she comes in and like, she goes to like move him, mm-hmm. he'll growl at her. He's like, no. For, I mean, for me, just, like, like I just have to look at him and, and he'll, he'll, he'll move, move for me. 
Okay. Yeah. But then See, in the middle. Never do that. Yeah. Never do and that. now in the middle of the night, though, too, any of us can touch him with yeah. our leg, mm-hmm. and he will growl. Like we'll just move in bed or whatever. And, and he does growl. not like that at all anymore. No. He's not in any pain. He doesn't yeah. have like vets cleared him of all any type yeah. of health issues. Nothing like that. Yeah, we haven't been told he has like arthritis or anything. No, nothing. Like How, and you said he's what five years old? You think? Yeah. Yeah. So you got him like when he was a puppy. Then when we you got adopted like him, seven months. Seven months. Yeah. Oh, okay, so he's five, five, five and a half. And he went through a training class at Cindy's. Yes, he did. Okay. So and he still does the commands pretty well. Mm-hmm. Pretty well. Now, of course, we aren't. <laughs> you're not like you're not sitting there working every day. It's kind of yeah. like a, it's like yeah. you know if you if you have food or something, you'll make him sit that kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Um, and now he's also, I'm sure he's under exercised. Okay. Um, I mean, so through the winter, there was probably what would you say, Ash? Probably three weeks to. A little over a month that every night, I really, even though it was cold, I took him out. Then we got that really, really cold streak and mm-hmm. the stop. So his exercise has just been in our backyard, okay. which is sizable, but mm-hmm. nobody's like out there really running and exercising him all the time. Okay. So, okay. Do you need to go outside now? Did you go to outside? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. I'm just going to see. Did you want to... Okay, I'll just sit yeah, right here. Fine. You doing, partner? It's like, where'd he go? <clears throat> He's like, I waited all day for this. I'm not going to miss it, not once. Not one little bit. So very bonded to him then. You're very, very bonded to him. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, wherever dad goes, he goes. Here. Hey. No. He's definitely not. I it, okay? Definitely not shy of people. is all normal. I mean, he didn't do no jumping really or nothing. So no, good. he doesn't really do jumping. Okay. Not when, like, people come in, he doesn't really, like, jump at them. No, but so there's, there are certain people, and I don't know why, I can only, I can only assume, I think it's their body language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My dad and my grandma. Yeah. Are they nervous about him? My grandma's grandma very is. nervous. Okay. She's nervous around dogs, so. Period. I, doesn't matter if it's him yeah. or a German Shepherd, it's the same. Right. Okay. Yeah, so she's nervous, and so she comes in timid, and so he just sits there and, like, looks at her and barks at her and barks at her, mm. and whenever we first got him, he was super timid, 
Mm -hmm. uh, when we went through the first training class, uh, we told them about how like he barked at people, mm -hmm. and they recommended like, well, like just recommend if people can to not have them make eye contact with him right away coming into his house and like mm. kind of ignore him at first. They said to let him get comfortable with approaching them. Yeah. That's so so it's so like a lot of times when you have trouble with dogs and they or they're they're really timid, is you you always want them to come to you. Yeah. But it, you also don't want the person who's coming in to really cater. It's almost like act like he's not even there. Yeah. And, yeah, and when yeah, he comes up to him, it's always good to, like, the dog comes, so they can ask the dog to sit or whatever, but always kind of, always trying to get used to the hand extending out. And so, like, the hand extends out, he has some, something favorable or a nice tasty treat or something on there of the dog. Like, so a lot of times when you deal with people who are, who are having trouble with, um, who dogs are having trouble with as far as meeting people, so you actually withdraw all the food, and they make the food a, a, a source of, so when you get hungry, you will come to me, and I will feed you from the hand. And so that way, that way the dog ever has any trouble with the hand or being timid, now all of a sudden with the owners, you know, if you first get a dog and you're like, it's really timid with people, but you feed that dog nonstop with your hand its entire food bowl. So you never put the food down. You always it's, oh, you want food, you come to me. You want food, you come to me, you come to me, you come that, to me, come to me. I did that for the first several that. months. Yeah. Because a dog I had prior, mm -hmm. um, he bit someone, had a lawsuit. Right. Um, because, and he was a Yorkie food that was territorial and food was one of it. Mm -hmm. So, like, as he's eating, like, I can go and, and just go and surprise there. him and put my hand in his bowl. Like, yeah. In the middle of soup. And, like, so he, he trusts you. He trusts the, me. The problem is, is nobody else did that whole procedure with him. Yeah, you've done yeah. So so he's so he's a, he's got the understanding. He's got the trust with you, and so if everybody else in the house will actually feed straight from the hand, but and not put anything in the food bowl, it's straight from the hand, straight from the hand, straight from the hand until you know, give it like a, a month, and you ask him to come to you. What's going to happen is eventually he's going to come to you for food. You can ask him to sit and then walk away. He's going to be, whoa, and he's going to follow you and come into your space again. Mm -hmm. So then you can actually, then you'll lean back into him, and then that's when the process starts where he's starting to trust where you lean into him. Because, okay. right, what happens is, is the people come in and they, they, he don't trust the, the approach, you know, because he doesn't want you there to begin with, but all of a sudden there, and he's hungry, and he knows, he's like, I want food for me, I know you got the food. Okay. And so, like, he's coming to you, and then you walk around, and you turn into him, and he stops, and he sits, and you're like, oh, okay, and you walk away again, then he comes back to you. And then you can lean in and ask him to sit and then reward. Um, so you actually can mark the behaviors of him coming into space or you walking back into his space. But at the beginning of it, it sometimes can be difficult, especially if you're, if you're working with kids, to, to have them kind of do that kind of behavior because it's, um, he, he trusts you and that's probably where the bond was made because he's like, oh, I see this guy's a source of uh, a food and I know that he's, he's got control over it and, he can, and I can bring it and he's making me work for a little bit and every time he comes to me, I will reward from the hand and that's what, that's what ends up happening. The thing is, is after, say, the two adults in the house work, then maybe the kids do it as well, and then it goes from the outside where you go to a park and just bring his food with him and just ask people to feed him okay. and ask them to come to him. So that way he learns to trust everybody. Okay. He's like, people are, people are good. When I approach people, it's good things. Whether or not you pet them, at the beginning it's obviously you don't pet him, he takes food from you, and then you walk away. But you always back up and allow him to keep coming forward and then give the food. Okay. And, that, and that helps with the people part of it. And it keeps the stress down because he... He's making the decision to move forward. And then at the end of the day, then, then you slowly stop moving forward. And then if he comes up to you and he's looking for that food or he knows you got the food, 
whichever person he's working with that month or whatnot, he comes up to him and then it's like everybody can start to transition and kind of go in circles. So like after each person does a month of it and everyone can kind of go, this is your week, my week, da, 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 until you feel absolutely comfortable. But at the end, the result is he's going to come up to you and you're just going to walk away and then he's going to come back into you and then you can lean back into him and ask him to sit and then you can lean in. Yeah. And now you can start approaching. And then that allows him to go, oh, okay. Because I'm because approaching is great. Being in that personal space is great. The problem is, is once dogs have that personal space, it's never about being in the personal space. It's about the action of getting there. Mm-hmm. That's always what's the challenge is. And that's what happens with kids is that they move so fast or not balanced. And then all of a sudden they fall into the personal space and then they try and give. Right. They want to give affection. Really, it's all it is. Like they're soft. I mean, that's how it was for me. I mean, I got, I got bit by a white shepherd when I was little. All I want to do is pet his ears. <laughs> like, that's all, that's all I wanted. Well, yeah, the first incident, so I wasn't here for the second incident. I was here for the first incident. So, like, how I just came in and I went upstairs. I've been doing a lot lately. It broke. Okay, Daddy, fix it later. Um, he will go upstairs and change with me because mm-hmm. he'll help put clothes away or whatever. I'll shut the gate that we have at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Well, he wanted to be up there with me. Mm-hmm. And so he's at the top step trying to um, trying to get up there. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's th- and he, so he's just laying on the top step because he wants up by me. Yeah. And so he reaches through and starts is, is petting him. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever he, he first bit him. Okay. And, um, because he was trying to get through the gate. He was on the other mm-hmm. side of the gate. And so they're kind of like going against each other. Yeah. So like a lot of times, so when you have, so you see good, good things happen between the two or any, with anybody in the house, it's always important to, to, to mark those behaviors with a certain word or you can even do a clicker. Clickers are, are great because when you have more than one person in the household, especially from kids to adult, uh, if you have a clicker, it's the same sound regardless. Mm. It doesn't, there's no confusion with the dog. He's like, wow, I heard that. Boom. Whatever I did there got me something great. And so, like, you can start rewarding the interactions between the kids um, and the dog. The thing is, is he, he's very much bonded to you. So it's like he's, you are the resource for him at the end of the day. And so the bed becomes a resource. The, the couch becomes a resource. Anything that he feels is comfortable and favorable, he feels like he's got to go in and protect. And so when you, when you talk about resource guarding, it, it, it starts with the bed or it starts with the couch and then it transcends into the food again. And then it's more, now it's more timid, more timid, more timid. And it kind of slowly reverts back to where he was because it's a learned behavior. So where, wherever he came from and whatever happened to him and the timidness that he, you guys saw in him when you first got him, that's still there. It never, go, it never goes away. The, the, what makes it go away is you, you telling him that there's another way. And then he chooses that way more and more because he knows that's what you guys want. But it's already a learned behavior. So if you guys leave the picture, it's in there. So somebody gets him, doesn't really pay attention, allows him to have those certain markers come in, he's going to go ahead and continue to do that back because he survived that way. Yeah. Well, that's, they did say he was, when we got him, they did tell us he was abused. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that, that kind of stuff never, it never really leaves in the way that whatever he did to survive in that environment... It's still there. It's just, like, it's just like when a dog learns to sit, even though they do it well inside the house, and you take them out, and then you ask the dog to sit, and the dog doesn't sit. It's because of, you know the environment's changed, but it's still in there. If you offer a treat, eventually he'll sit there and stare at it and kind of go, okay, well, maybe try something that's worked in a different environment, and then he'll bring that there. And if you do, you mark it, and you reward, and he, he gets what he wants. Um, 
but <clears throat> but usually when the when the possession stuff starts to happen, it becomes more about um, let me grab a drink. It becomes more about um, him not completely uh, fully understanding what's happening and trusting exactly what's happening. So when you so when you so when you have him with you and and one of your kids come up, it's very important that either a you tell him to do something, and then you invite you invite him over after you're already already engaged in an activity, mm-hmm. and so that way he can become related to everything. What, the, the problem is, <laughs> yeah, these are kids. <laughs> you act like you haven't eaten in days. It's like, well, we don't miss meals. Oh, did he? Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good. So like one of the one of the things too is like it's just something simple that I'll do with the dog to grant to gain the attention is I just wait for the eye contact. So this all this all, all this here, I'm not related to that at all. It's just it's just a food. It's just the food. food. That's it. Yeah, they they can't they can't cognitively put two and two together. What what he can what what can learn to him associate the hand with me is when he asks me for help. Okay, and when he asks me for help, that's where I can actually mark a behavior for him. Because then he's at, then he's he's relying on me to help, not relying on himself to take care of something. <laughs> yes, and so immediately when he looks at me, I'm going to give him a reward. That's his natural instinct is to always look to people. See, he would never look to another dog. <laughs> he would never look to another dog because it's just not in them. They're domesticated. They're they're there for us to do a job. And so um, whenever I would bring if I would bring him over, he would always be working towards something. Uh, whether or not it's asking for help, and, and that's what we want him to do. And he feels nervous on the couch. We want him to always look to us first, so then we can give him something to do. And we can teach him, like, hey, this is what we need you to do. If you feel uncomfortable, you come to me. I'll ask you to sit and lie down over here. Thanks, buddy. Is that yours? Did you did you color that on your did you color that on your own? That's Chase. Chase. Okay. Yeah. All right. Carson, back over here, please. And. <clears throat> and so, and so, so, so when he actually looks to you for help, say, so Carson is coming over and and he's he's looking at you. You can then say, I need you to come over here and lay down, and then that way you give Carson free reign of your space. What happens sometimes is is you're sitting on the couch or he's with you. If he's sit directly in front of you, that means he's starting to do the process of the guarding of the resource, which would be you. Um, same thing on the bed. If he's in, if he's got his space and he's comfortable, now he's controlling his own space because he's saying, "I don't agree with your leg being there, or, or you touching me while I'm in this moment." Like I don't agree with it. So then he doesn't feel safe. So he's taking care of that on his own. Okay. Yeah. So it's usually about safety and fear. I don't ever really think it's ever comes in through the play of like him trying to own something. It's it's usually about him feeling insecure in some way about what's happening and so or he's got a, a miscommunication of what you need from him then or there what or what, wherever it happens at so like with with Carson the, the relationship is is that he's he's got to learn how to interact in that environment mm-hmm. he's making decisions right now that aren't good but in his mind they're making things happen right. and then that's and that's and that's the thing is that he's doing what's natural to him to sit there and say I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel like I can get away, so I am going to snap. And that, that ends up becoming the problem with him. 
seeming like a bad dog, but he's, he's actually pretty social from what I can see. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he is. He, that's, that's why, like, yeah. he's been the best dog that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, like, because he was great with kids. Like, because we'd have kids in our backyard and stuff. Now, he would get yes. nervous. Like, if somebody comes into the backyard, mm-hmm. which, is, which is his backyard, like, somebody walks through a gate, mm-hmm. and he's already out there, or he comes out there and somebody's out there, that he doesn't, he'll bark at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, like, we've had kids in the backyard, yes. uh, whenever we saw trees behind our house, like, they would, like, throw sticks, and he'd bring them back, he'd play fetch with mm-hmm. them and everything, and, like, to where, like, my godson could actually pull the stick out of his mouth and throw it again. Mm-hmm. He was, what was he, yeah. four? Yeah. So he's young. Yeah. Um, it's just that, uh, yeah, a lot of it is, like, say, I'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll try to isolate him. Like, I'll sit close to this side, but leave space so Dexter's sitting on my left. But then, like, Carson will come running from the other side and, like, try jumping over me, mm-hmm. entering his space. And, yeah. And that's when he gets really, really protective. Just of his own space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, yeah, but part of it, or other parts of it will be, like, he will try to come to me for that yes. comfort, mm-hmm. and he'll pin himself against me. Right. Instead of, for that comfort, instead of creating space, uh-huh. and then he puts himself in that bad situation because, well, Carson was actually coming to me, he thought Carson was coming to him, so he came to me to get away, and mm-hmm. ultimately, he put he's, himself right, right in the middle. Well, he's pressing against you because he's insecure about the movement. Sure. And so that's where, that's where it's going to start, is just movement alone. That's going to be like, oh, crap, I don't know what's going to happen here. But the situation starts to present itself a certain way. Um, and when he comes and presses against you, I would almost be like, as soon as he does that, then I would say, get down. I would help him down and ask him to sit or lie down on the floor. And then I would, and then if you have something there that you can reward him with, I would do that, whether that's a toy or a treat or something. And then as soon as Carson comes to you and he's, and you guys are playing on the couch or whatever, I would invite him back over, actually invite him up and ask him to lay back down where he was. And now everybody's being related to being in the space but it's about he's kind of like i'm not sure what to do in that moment but that's where you would give direction when you see carson coming to you you just automatically like you need to get down lay right here and that way he's laying on the feet because you say you know he doesn't have hardly any issues when it comes to him being on the floor no (laughs) but he he has gotten really stubborn and i think it's going back to the fighting for the resource Uh of like carson comes over and i will say Cause like that's where I just you have the knowledge that we don't. As far as I'm like, uh, to what extent should I tell Dexter to get off the couch and get away a little bit and create and push Dexter away a little bit with? But I don't at the same time I'm like I don't want to isolate him and make him feel isolated like he's like I'm pushing him out of the pack. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily about pushing him out of the pack. It's about telling him what you need from him at that moment. Okay. You know, you're not you're not, you're you're saying you're saying you feel insecure. Because that's what he's telling you. I feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And you're telling him, let me help you. And so you're saying, I need you not to run away. I just need you off the couch and laying next to my feet. I need you down below. And that way you're putting him... You're putting him in a higher elevated situation, so at the end of the day, they they'll they can tell you know that he's higher. He's got the advantage. It's not necessarily about dominating or whatnot. It's about showing him exactly what you need from him, and then as soon as Carson gets there, you can invite him back on the couch. Okay. It's just about at that moment, 
at that approach, I'm going to tell you what you can do, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to mark the behavior when you do what I need you to do automatically. So if you can get him on the couch, I'll see if I can approach him in a way and see what he'll do. Okay. And that way, I, that way I'll see if I can uh, see if he'll come up there and lay next to you, and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll approach him when he's comfortable. I'll let him calm down a little bit. He's just very happy right now. <laughs> and that's the thing. When the dog's happy, and, they're, and, they're, and, he's, and he's kind of in this, this mindset, he's not going to have any type of issue. It's when he's relaxed, something startled him, that's when, it, that's when the trigger happens, and then he's got he's to he's kind of somewhat get out of it. I know, I don't have any more. I'm all out. I don't have any more treats. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any more, so you ate them all, so that's good. Those are good, though, huh? So you can call him over and see if... So which way? It doesn't matter which way he comes and, and approaches. It doesn't matter? No. No. So that's good. Because he'll be like this. Let's not put that on there. No. <laughs> we don't put stickers on this. So if you, if, you, if you notice the position Dexter takes, it is, it's, it's on it's and it's out front. So it's not like really on the side. So for him, he's kind of like out in front. So he doesn't see that right now you can help him. So right now he's kind of taking the position of I'm help I'm gonna help myself, okay. and that and that and if he's unsure about how to do that or his way isn't what you want, he has no way for you to communicate to him that you don't want him to to growl or anything. You have no way to communicate with him at that moment. Okay. okay so the position is everything when it comes to see that. So that that look right there was just like don't come near me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and what, yeah. So as soon as he come over, it was I don't feel comfortable. But I've been related a little bit to, to food. So that's what he smells when I come over because that's the hand I was holding it in, right? So it immediately, immediately redirects him. Hey. <clears throat> but if I, if, I, if I snap fingers and I ask him to move over, hey. He doesn't have his collar on. Would you like it on? Yeah. You have, do you have a collar yeah, for him? Yeah, okay. We have collars. We just took it off whenever we had. The kids because the tax I got you. Makes the jingles and you don't want to wake the baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can always have the collar on if you don't take the rabies stuff off or whatever it is. To, just to help him move. Because you want to make sure that you can actually, you, when you apply pressure to him, he does what you need him to do. It's immediately you mark the behavior when he gives in and what does it. And that way he learns that, that, that the pressure isn't bad, it's helping. Because a lot of times when you do pressure training or anything like that, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have a, if he's not sure what to do, it just creates more anxiety. And you don't want more anxiety in a, in a situation that already has enough. And we have this collar, but mm -hmm. whenever I take him on walks, uh, we we'll do a little pinch collar. Use from a Cindy, pinch, yeah. That pinch from Cindy, and mm -hmm. he does, it's like, depending on the collar we use, he's a completely different. Yeah, oh yeah, well the pinch gallery, of course. <laughs> well, well, we also have another one that is a shock vibrate beep one. And we would put that on him when people would come over. Like, we wouldn't shock him, but we would beep him. Mm -hmm. oh, thanks. Um, to so. get him to not bark and wake up the baby. Right. Um, so. so that was just for, like, barking? Yeah, that's yeah, that just, for, just barking. for barking. Like, I was very careful that it... And no, this may be just different philosophies, I don't know. Like, I was very careful to not do it. If he was growling, I didn't do anything because 
what we were told is that if you try to suppress a growl, that's whenever it seems like a dog <laughs> bites out of nowhere because you're taking away their early warning. You're, you're taking away their early warning, yeah. Yeah. But, and it's not necessarily the growl. It's the body language behind the growl is what you want to correct because that's what the beginning of it is. And so when you can see see the insecurity, so um, just I just want to see what he's doing. Yeah. Do you like feet touched? What don't you like touched? Everything. <laughs> he doesn't like yeah, anything. Touched. He doesn't like his feet. Well, like he'll grab, like he'll want to like pet him, but he can only reach his feet. So like he'll pull his feet, and that will bug him. Yeah. But I'm, but that's the thing is, to me, he's completely desensitized because yeah, whenever we got him as a puppy, I was You're the one very there. clear that I'm like uh, I am not uh, going to deal with a territorial dog. Right. And so, like, I'm going to agitate the heck out of him, like, to where, like, he'd, well, he'd be sitting next to me, and I'd just, like, you of just course, within him. reason, like, all of a sudden, I'd, I'd put my fingers in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd start messing with his mouth, like, just to try to desensitize everything, to be, like, pretty much just to communicate, like, I have the right to everything, to touch mm-hmm. everything. Right. Uh, and, like, one of the, th- one of the things um, that can do is then you become, you become what he, you become the territory. That's what that's what could have happened because like just like now, he's like he's like with you, mm-hmm. but like you become the territory. So maybe he's not like that with anything else in the house, but at the end of the day, when things come to you, you become that territory. And so you, the thing that you didn't want to create most about everything else, yeah. you created like about yourself. Okay. And that that does that make sense? It so, ma- yeah, yeah, it makes sense because I like, see I become a territory just like the couch and the bed. Mm-hmm. I do. We do see that, but, and then at the same time, oh, thanks. Is, Just put that right there. I am confident mm-hmm. that he could do anything to him when you're there. When I'm directly on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's, and he won't do yeah. anything. And when is the situations come about that he would do something? What does that look like? So like I was in, I was in the bedroom changing. Mm-hmm. Carson's out in the hallway in the gates between them. So. He's trying to get to me, but he can't get through the gate, so he's pushing against the gate. Mm-hmm. And he's on the other side of the gate trying to pet him. So he's like, go, puppy. He's, he's, in, he's intensely physically trying to do something. Yeah, like, yeah. And, he's, and he's sitting there, like, yeah. reaching through the gate, like, petting like this. It wasn't, it wasn't slow. It wasn't, mm. nec- it wasn't real hard, but it wasn't necessarily gentle. But it was like, it was, it, it's, like it's like if a dog was eating... And he's and he's like focused on eating, and someone comes up and pets him, and it's like it's like annoying, it's annoying, mm-hmm. it's annoying, yes, it's, and eventually he loses his his cool and snaps. Yep, that's okay. definitely what it was. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, my mother-in-law was here one time, <laughs> yeah, which so that which is what we thought that we would never have an issue because I th- I thought it was the worst possible scenario. He went up in our closet, like he finally got fed up to the point to where he did create space. He went up in our closet. We have a walk-in closet he likes to lay in. Um, and he followed him up there, mm-hmm. and he was actually up there, had him pinned in the closet. And yeah, he was growling at him, but my law said he didn't do anything. Didn't, didn't do nothing? Like he didn't do anything. And I'm like, to me, that's the absolute worst scenario. I'm like, there's not even an adult on the same floor mm-hmm. as them at the same use as his safe space for right. one of them um, and the person that agitates him most is, the, is in there heckling him mm-hmm. so I mean it's not, it's not necessarily the agitation it, it, what, what, what it is is when he gets 
sounds like when he gets into doing something, he doesn't want to be bothered at that moment. That's what would happen. Yeah, if he's laying down and tired and like sleeping, that's when he's napping and he wants to pet the dog and all of a sudden he goes up to him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like this is just the same thing like on our bed. In our bed. Mm -hmm. When he's tired and he you guys start getting it. Oh, oh, yeah. Doesn't like the feet underneath yeah. him. Yeah. Because the one thing that he will, Carson will do is like. He will run across the couch and, like, he wants to jump across me. Well, Dexter will be laying right here to the, my left, mm -hmm. and he's jumping into Dexter's face. Yeah, so, like, when you, see, when you see him coming up, that's when, regardless, you know, you're like, okay, Dexter, time to get down. Get down. As soon as he, like, I wouldn't physically force him all the way down. I would ask him to get down. But, you know, you can, you can grab the collar with a little tension. Okay. And and see if he'll give you meet you halfway. And if he does, and if he meets you halfway, I would I would tell him I would mark that behavior. I would say good, and then follow right by a treat or whatnot. And then I would rinse, wash, and repeat. And I would allow him to know that this is what I want when this when this happens. Okay. I want you to to get down. And eventually, what's going to happen is it's going to be a learned behavior. He will get down, and then you can reward that behavior. And if he does that, then he knows. Then you know that he's he's understanding what you're asking when that situation happens. Okay. It's just no different from teaching a boundary. You know, when you teach a boundary, whether it's outside or in the house, so like right before you leave the right right before you would go out on the sidewalk, or and you're on you know right before you'd step off the uh, driveway, you ask the dog to sit. You know, make him wait, and you do that 10, 15 times. Eventually, you. You go up to that spot and he will sit on his own. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like how you're teaching the boundary. You're saying, I need you to, every single time when we reach this moment, that's what you do. And that, thank you. And, Sorry. I, no, that's okay. I've been, I've been stickered all my life. And uh, when, you, when you do it, um, it'll, it'll, it'll be the same way every single time. So every time, he, every time Carson approaches, the extra needs to get down. And he can be right here. As soon as, um, as, soon as Carson's on you or, or literally in your space, and you can invite him back up, ask him to lie down. He can turn to the side or whatnot um, and avoid the situation, which is okay. I wouldn't reward avoiding, but what I would do is I would allow, it's like, it's like acceptable until it becomes not acceptable. So like eventually you'd want him to, to inter interact in that environment. So like how he's doing now is avoiding. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's not choosing to give you any type of information that says I'm, I'm acknowledging what's happening here. Right. You know, he's just like waiting for him to leave, and he's going to jump right back on your lap. So you know, that's where you kind of get the get the point of well, already has the bone. And once the other dog has the bone, I'm just going to hang out yeah, till you leave and make it as uncomfortable with social pressure as I can. And unfortunately, Carson's not going to understand that 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 that's what that is. You know, um, so he's trying to make it annoying by standing there, you know, literally in the space. Just sitting there and making it as uncomfortable, but everyone knows kid, little kids they don't they don't they don't know what space is. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's that's because it escalates real fast. Because mm -hmm. we have like some nyla bones yeah. that if he is close, to, that's where his space gets bigger when he has a nyla bone. Mm -hmm. um, oh and yeah. He's around. Yeah, um, and and that's and that's and that's. It's like it's unfair for you to sit there and say, Carson, you need to work with him, you know, with the dog and, and be there and kind of and kind of kind of coach. Where it really needs to happen is if he's got a if he's got a nylon bone and you see Carson coming, it's very important that he has a clear understanding and says, as as soon as you start to feel uncomfortable, I will help you. 
and it's not about disciplining the dog because if you if you discipline him, you you can make it worse. You can sit there and say, you can sit there and say, well, if I discipline him and tell him no, then I increase anxiety in the dog because dog doesn't realize you're telling him no because Carson's coming over. Dog realizes things are getting amped up because Carson's coming over, and that's and so and so for him, he's like, I couldn't have done nothing wrong. She for the first first three four years. It, it was golden. I yeah, I didn't have I didn't have any issues. They loved me in and out, blah blah blah, you know. And so and so what happens is now he's like, it can't be me. Mm, okay. It's 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 something that's coming into the environment because before I was sitting here chewing, <clears throat> I was sitting here chewing on on uh, I was chewing on the bone and things didn't get tense even with you until Carson was coming over because Carson's the trigger, so that means I gotta get protecting because everything. And even though it's about him, <laughs> he doesn't register that at all. No, because he's like, how could it be about me? Right. Yeah. And the, <laughs> well, I mean, and that's and then the other thing, or the one that I've had more difficulty with wanting to train or trying to train is, <laughs> thank you, um, is like when he's on the floor and he decides to start chasing him, mm-hmm. that like he just keeps going in circles and circles and circles until he ultimately pins himself. Yeah, um, on the floor, like he rolls over, or he, or like he'll like he'll keep going in circles. Like Carson will chase him around the ottoman or through the kitchen and back in here. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll keep going and have revolutions for <laughs> yeah, like because he won't stop. Right, and Dexter won't create like he thinks he's he's just trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. And then he'll end up putting like mm-hmm. he'll end up probably normally against me. Right, pinning and, himself, and then all of a sudden he has nowhere else to go uh, in his mind. And do you and do you see that's where that's where the approach. For Dexter could be mm-hmm. making him insecure, so it's so it's about stopping that, but allowing Dexter to come back in after that moment. So, 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 so if he starts chasing and you're able to have Carson stop, and Dexter's been trying to run away, you before that whole situation gets moved on to something else, you bring Dexter back into it and reward Dexter for coming back and not leaving completely. So you never let him kind of leave on a note where. I was trying to get away, and you always leave on a note where they were together. Yeah, and always reward that. Uh, yeah, because the approach, because that's where the trigger will happen. Is like he's trying to run away, trying to run away. And nobody's helping me. Right. Yeah. And and regardless, and so every time he comes and approaches, he's kind of going, like, here, here we go. Like I'm just, yeah, yeah, here we go. Like I, I'm not getting. It's like it's like you're trying to help help kids uh, respect the dog and the space. And at the same time, you want you want to be able to be you want to be able to trust your dog to say, "Well, if I leave my kids with the dog alone, everything should be okay, right?" Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, until there's there's mutual understandings of the relationship being built, because it's it revolves around how you guys build that relationship with the dog and child, it, then he 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 can finally understand what he's supposed to do. But if if it's if it's allowed to just sit there and say, "Well, let's just see what happens." Then you're 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 allowing him to experience something he's never experienced a day in his life. Mm-hmm. You know this is all new to him. How he learns to experience his world, the world now with kids in it, is, is something that he's had to learn on his own in a way. Yeah. You know it, whether whether or not he's been, <laughs> whether or not he, whether or not when he he snapped or he growled at at one of the kids, if he was disciplined and he and he got and he stopped and he did something else and he does he did not get that behavior marked he didn't understand what was wrong he didn't understand what he'd ended up doing right 
So, so if you do discipline and he say he growls and you're like, ah, no, get down. And he gets down and he lays down, mark it. Because yes, you chose a different behavior that was way better than growling. You chose to get down with your help. You would just use the collar. Just Like I said, it's very simple. Just use the collar. If he makes the effort and jumps down on his own, awesome. And tell him to lie down. He does that, mark it. So you can break his, break his concentration from being tense and redirect him another way. You have, to, you have to mark those behaviors to sit there and say, as soon as I discipline, I reward him in the same breath. So that way he can actually learn a lesson. Okay. If he can't, he can't learn a lesson. He can't, he can't learn a lesson if you're just like, Dexter, no. And then you like storm him off. Yeah. And then you come back. Yeah. So you, you storm him off and then you come back in the environment, right? He comes back and all of a sudden it's like, He's like, well, what? And, he, and he's like sneaking. Yeah, well, well, he's sneaking back in because in that moment, there was, tr there was trust broken. There was trust broken by you because you stormed him off. And he didn't, and he didn't know if what he did was right. So he's kind of tiptoeing back in because the last experience he had with you in the room was you being tense with him. And so, so there's, there's a discipline in there, whether or not you know, if you swat the dog, whatever it is. If he gives you something else that is acceptable, you have to be there to reward it right away. And he cannot, and he cannot have the, you can't have the emotion of anger in it mm -hmm. because you have to look at it as, it's, it's, progress. it's, it's progress and he's learning. Yeah. And so whenever you're doing, whenever you teach someone or something how to do something, you have to have the, you have to have the notion of, for one, I can't be angry. Um, he's coming from a spot where that's where he feels he needs to come from, but I can show him a different way, and that's the attitude that you have to have. To, and I understand that when it, when you're dealing with kids, it's like I am not gonna like you know it's my kid, like, you know kids come first. Um, I'm gonna protect my kid with everything I have, and I'm the same way. So I protect my kid with everything I have. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it personal if something messed up. But I also don't want to. I also don't want to put my dog or my child in the situation where one or the other is going to, you know, either my child's going to get hurt or I risk getting my dog destroyed. Right. You know, so so I always will set the environment up in a way where I am able to control it and teach the lessons where nobody's at risk. Okay. Um, whether or not it's it starts when I get home and he's going to get exercise when the sun goes down and I'm going to walk him the way he needs to be walked and he comes back in. I'm going to tell him where he's going to lay when the kids are out. He gets up and comes up on the couch. I'm going to tell him where he's going to lay on the couch. If I feel like he's getting nervous, if I feel like my dog's getting nervous, I will tell the dog to get down and lay next to me. I won't wait to react to the dog. I will react to the dog and, and make the dog do things that I need him to do so I feel comfortable. Okay. So it's never, about, it's never about sitting there watching, 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 waiting. It's about being proactive and saying, I don't know. I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, it, you were doing this, so I'm going to react, and, and I and so I'm going to set the environments up in a way where I can protect my dog, and I'm going to protect my child, and I'm going to ask the dog to do things that he's not normally done around that, so I can I can set up everybody for success. And when he actually does those things, now I'm rewarding. Now I'm completely changing changing the ripple of what happens, because a lot of times dogs will react the same way if the situation presents itself. Situation presents itself, you're going to get the same reaction every single time. Like you get in the bed. You move your leg, he growls. So it's like, before you get in the bed, ask him to get down. You get down, then you can invite him up. So if he gets down, when you ask him to get down, mark the behavior, say, good job, that's what I was looking for, reward that, because he's listening. And then when you get back up, ask him to sit, ask him to lie down, ask him to do something. 
and then invite him back up. Tell him where he's going to lay. If he growls, ah, nope, and ask him to get down. Okay. As soon as he gets down, tell him, good job. You listened. So the growl's not personal. Mm-hmm. He's just not understanding what, what is expected. And so when you can start to fix some of those small behaviors of the insecurity or the resource guarding without actually having your, the child there, you're going to gain more trust because now you're, you're developing a structure around the resource. You're saying, you're saying the, the, the structure and the resource are okay. I'm not saying you're never going to get there, but all I'm saying is how you interact with that piece of environment, I'm going to tell you how and what's acceptable. It is. Yeah. No, no, I mean, it is. I mean, it's, it's, we're going through like consistent it's, boundaries with him. It's the same process. Because, it's the same process because his dogs at the end of the day are mammals. They have the same chemicals we do. They learn, they learn almost exactly the same way. You know, if we, if we could sit there and teach in our classrooms and everything else, we can sit there and teach a lot of positivity. And then we don't get angry when they mess up. And we just sit there and say, nope, we're going to hold firm to this boundary, but we're going to show you how to do it again. And eventually when you do it, you're going to get rewarded. It's the same thing with the dog. The dog's main, dog's main thing is I want to know that I'm completing that service that my owner needs of me. Okay. And so part of, that, part of that is fulfilling a dog is the exercise. You know, if you think about it in a dog's world, if they may get three walks a, a week for an hour, that's, that's, only, that's, that's worse than solitary confinement. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're in the house 23, 24 hours a day. Right. That's all they see, four walls. That's it. They're walking, I mean, going walking, pacing. Uh, eventually, that energy or that frustration of not being able to be a dog, you got to get out. You know, how, how many times can you smell the same things? The dog's nose is this world. How many times can you smell the same things before you get bored? How many times can you, you know, experience the same thing? You know, they're highly sociable. And so when you come home, it's like their, their life begins, and, 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 and they're sitting there saying, what can we do? And if he knows that you're, when you come home that he's going to get this and he, and he knows you're going to complete him here and you're gonna, he's going to get new experiences and you're going to have new experiences to help him get through, that trust builds more and more. You don't become a resource after that. What you become is a teacher. Okay. And he sees you as somebody that, well, I trust him to help me through this. And now his confidence starts to build because you're telling him what you need from him in that moment. And when he does it, you're rewarding it. You're saying, yes, this is what I need from you. Awesome. And you're happy about it. You're genuinely happy. So then in his mind, he's like going, he's like, he's like well, what's, what, what does it mean when he's genuinely happy with me? And so his brain and his nose will pick up your chemical changes in your brain. It's hard to say, but that's, that's, what you're, that's why I tell people to be genuine as possible. It's like, be, be absolutely, don't even get frustrated. If you're getting frustrated and you discipline, just stop doing what you're doing because you're not gonna you're not gonna make a difference. All you're gonna do is create 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 less trust with the dog. But when the dog actually does something you like, the reason why they do it more more likely the next time and you're genuinely happy about it is because they sense the chemical change and the actual body language changes and everything changes that says, Wow, the dopamine level went up. Okay, great. Now he's like, that was really good, because I he felt it, so you really help release his do- dopamine and oxytocin and you bond closer. Okay, and that and it's the same. It's, it's the same thing with kids. <laughs> oh, he's running, chasing. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. So Dexter. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what he, he's been doing. Like, he'll run at him and like, kind of like stomp at him or whatever. I, 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 <clears throat> so, so too, for me, 
Yes. <laughs> so I, I, my, my word to market behavior has always been yes. And like I said, when I, when I believe and I work with families and stuff, if there's a clicker, it's great because whether or not, whether or not you're saying, whether, whether or not you're, you're asking him to help work or not, if he does, if the interaction between the two is great, you don't have to be there. You can just click. And the dog understands, like, well, that interaction, whatever I was doing there was great. They're actually showing that clicker training with people to get better results with people and performance is working. Yeah. So, I mean, like, when you say they learn the same way, they really do. So you bring a clicker in the workplace, and you're like, click, and you're like, yes, you got something. Here you go. That actually makes them more productive. Really? Yes. And, there, and I, was like, I, was like, I was like, imagine that, clicker training in the workplace, and it's used for a dog, and animal training is actually making people more productive. But it's, a, it's like the feeling, because just like if I would go up to somebody and I would go up and I'd say, hey, how you doing? i punch them in the stomach, and i do that three times. Next time I come up and say, hey, how you doing? They're going to go like this. It's the same difference. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's Pavlov's method. It's just saying they're, they're anticipating and going to give you a result. They're anticipating a result. And the same thing here is if he knows that he's doing good interactions, he's going to, and he hears that sound or hears that click, what he's going to do is he's going to, he's going to anticipate something good. And that behavior is going to be then reinforced by that. He's going to sit there and say, oh, I want that to keep happening that same way. And the dog will do it the same way. I mean, like, they're like really like, kind of like autistic when things happen like that. They're just going, I want to make it the same way and do it the same way. Same way it happened. I want that to happen again. And then, and then, like I said, that's why you want to change and disrupt what's, you want to disrupt what's actually happening. You want to disrupt, so if he's laying there and he's sleeping and then all of a sudden the kids are coming up to you and you see them coming and you want to be like, okay, Dexter, it's time to get down. I want you to lay right here. And then he lays right there and you mark it. And that way he knows as soon as this situation starts to happen, I, got, I know that if I get up and I lay down here this certain way, it's going to be a good thing. And now he's experiencing Carson come to you all the way and he's in a different position and you've changed the routine. You've changed the, you changed the situation. And eventually what's going to happen is, is he's going to look to you and you say, no, it's okay. You can either get, you know, you can get down and as soon as Carson gets there, you can invite him back up. And that way, you know, Carson's already in, this, in the space, but you're telling him what you can do differently. Okay. And then you can mark those behaviors. And eventually the approach is no longer an issue because you've given him something else to do. So that makes sense for like the couch and stuff. Like whenever like he <laughs> just decides to chase him. Right. He will come and like hide by my feet. Like, Dexter does? Yeah. 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 And then so he ends up, like, he'll, like, literally, I'll be like this, he'll come hide under my feet, and now, like, he's trapped in three different ways. Yeah. And Dexter. Um, hey, good boy. And so, yes. what should I do in that scenario? Because what well, I wanted to do may not be the right thing, which was, like, help him be confident enough to go upstairs and... and well, that's what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's coming to you for help. Right. So, at that time... You got to pick and choose the battle. So if he's if he's trying to get away from Carson and he's coming to you for help and he's trying to hide behind you, at that point you have to confront Carson and say that's not what we do with the dog. Yeah, yeah. We, we always do that. I just okay. don't know like if I should just let him be at my yeah. feet. Okay. I would let him go underneath you because he's telling you I need help. Okay. I need you to stop whatever's happening. I, I, I he's like he he's doing everything he can to avoid. Yeah, and that's yeah. what he does. His last yeah. resort, yeah. he ends up coming yeah. to me. Yeah, so that's, that's security. And you don't want to lose that security. He's not coming over there to say, this is my resource, I'm going to guard. Okay. He's coming over and saying, I, I don't know what else to do. I'm doing my best. Mm -hmm. And what happens is if that gets ignored, that's when you start to have a real biting going on. Mm -hmm. And it can, and starts to transition to where he doesn't, no longer runs away, 
but he now starts to confront. Yeah. And that's that's no longer the. Well, that makes sense because we always thought that he was just horrible at finding space, and he would like pin himself like in between our cabinets. Mm -hmm. But no, like you're standing in the corner by those cabinets. He's asking me for help. He's yeah. asking you for help and putting yeah. himself in the corner and. And we would get mad and be like, a, don't corner yourself, dummy. Yeah, well, and, and, and he doesn't have, he doesn't have the, yeah, he's saying, he's saying, please help. Like, well, I, I don't he's want, to us, not the space. He, he's, he's saying I'm completely, I have no more, uh, I don't have the ability to ignore anymore. I need, I need help. I need you to step in and help me. Yeah. And that's where the relationship between Carson and him can get better because, well, as soon as, as Soon as he, soon as, soon as he starts to feel that way, or you see him run, you should almost stop that behavior immediately and just be like, Carson, we're not going to do that. And then, and then bring Dexter back in, ask Dexter to lay down. You know, that way he can see that you, you, you broke the cycle, but everybody's together. Mm -hmm. There's no need to be insecure about anybody in the house. And that way, that way he gets related to it all. Because if you ask him and say, just go upstairs, right. you're basically telling him you're not part of me. You, you can't look to me for help. I'm shunning you. Mm -hmm. And um, that's it. So you're, you're, you're not, it, it's not being fair. And sure. yeah, yeah it's, well, it's, I mean, that's the thing is, like, you, like Carson and Calvin you come first. But at the same <laughs> right. time, is like, I'm not going to be unreasonable. And we, I grew up in a very, unre towards dogs, I grew up in an unreasonable family that dogs should do. Everything you want to do, they don't have rights, whatever. Right. But I believe that, like, he should be able to have his own space. Like, he has yeah. a right to have his space or have has, his safety or he, whatever. He, he, has, he has, like, for me, it's like, you have the right, you have the right to be just as part of the family. But at the same time, I have to show you how to interact with these things that you don't feel secure about because I want you to feel secure about them at the end of the day. It is not the dog's responsibility to work through it on his own. It's our responsibility to show him how to work through it. Yeah. And, um, and it's our responsibility to make sure the dog is respected at the end of the day as a living thing. And, and like, I mean, kids are first for me too. I'm, my son grew up with two German Shepherds and a Husky. You know, and the first day I brought my son home, that husky was real interested because it made some high squeaking noises, and huskies are very much into things that are that are small, make noises. I mean, they, their prey drive is really high, and so it was about so it was a, so it was about correcting that right at the beginning, and then showing him and telling him, okay, now I need you to come to me, and now I, this is what I want from you when you see my child is that I will direct you and tell you to lay down, even when I'm just feeding him. I will ask you to lay down way over there. And then when I'm done and I'm ready, I will invite you over to the space. And you can come up and you can lie down. But that's it. Child's always in my space, but I'm going to show you how to interact with it because you never interacted with it before. It becomes part of the environment. It's new. Even though to us, we're sitting there like, we're preparing for this for nine months. We're yeah. like, really excited. We're buying things. The dog's sitting there going, what the hell are you buying that for? <laughs> you're sitting there buying all these different things and you're ready and you're emotionally ready. The dog's not really going to understand that very much. You know, it's it's funny. It's like people be like, "Oh, I think the dog can smell the baby," and no, that, that's that's what that's what nature does to help protect mothers is that the that the the the, the dog can't actually smell inside the womb. What the dog smells is chemical changes. Mm. Okay. Well, that, and, see, that's what, and that's whenever we just throw our hands up, we're like, we need like yeah. help because he's been screaming at night 
Calvin has. Oh, Calvin. And he's been great. Like, he's just completely ignores it. Whatever, yeah. But I think it's because he's comfortable. Well, that's the thing. is like, he's Calvin's not moving. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still just laying down. We're both still just laying down. Like, some part of it, like, you just kind of tolerate. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, like, we aren't getting high strong around that situation. And therefore, he's not. Like, so yeah. he hasn't been super sensitive to that, really. Which was surprising. Yeah. And of course, a moving toddler. It's yeah. Yeah. So as soon as as soon as the child starts to move, then that, and then and then then it's like then it's like well he's like well I I got used to the child screaming at night, I got used to the sounds he made because he wasn't approaching me. Right. And now all of a sudden he's moving pretty quickly and then he's falling over and he's doing all these different things. He's unbalanced and all those things are sharp movements, mm-hmm. and those sharp movements are like, yeah. and those that's what creates in the anxiety. He hasn't, unfortunately, when ch- kids start to move, they don't have enough time to adjust. Right. That's where they, we come in and say, I need you to move this way. Or when you, before they start moving, you tell him, you tell him where to go. How to, yeah, by, because you had the child. Right. So the child's in your space, you're like, get down. You know, sit down and then say, okay, you can come back up. Okay. Yeah. So, you're, you always, so, so he, he relates that child's smell through always giving up space. Always. And so all you have to do is reinforce that to sit there and say, no, we're not going to run after the dog. No, we're not going to, no, we're not going to pet the dog right now. No, we're not, you know, you're not going to just go up to the dog. We're going to invite the dog up to us, you know, and that's how we, we teach the kids to, to say, okay, now, now, now space is never an issue. So, so that, because at the end of the day, when we, we can bring the dog to, we can bring the child to the dog and show them exactly what we need from them that moment because we're carrying it and all of a sudden that 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 smell of the kid mm-hmm. becomes becomes a direct correlation to say I give space so he learns to interact with that smell with giving space yeah, yeah. Mm. Dexter hey. because he seems pretty I mean like he's not he's not unconfident it's just certain situations that he just needs help working through and that that's that I mean, those in those small little situations is what makes him unconfident, but he's not unconfident as a dog, like so whenever those little small things happen, that's what's happening in his mind. He's saying, "I don't know this is something I don't know how to deal with. Mm-hmm. Normal things in everyday life he could probably deal with. It'd be like if I took him on a parade street, he'd be scared because he's never dealt with that before. That many people that close, right. that noise, never had to deal with something like that. But if I took him just out on Main Street for just a little bit of a walk. He'd be like, yeah, this was easy. But when you have like 200 people, that's different. You never had to deal with that. So at those, those, those tough moments are all things that you can expose to sit there and say, now I can help you work through this. And when you do those things, he looks to you even more and gives you more access before he decides to be a butt and growl and, and lunge. Because at the end of the day, when they growl and lunge, that's just, that's last resort. They don't want to fight. Because that risk injury, they don't understand that they live in a nice house and they don't have to worry about fighting. Right. What they what they feel like is that they have no choice. Uh, he's like, can you give me one? Yeah. Will he take one from from I Carson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's but great. The thing is, he kind of gets aggressive though too. Like well, he gets like he'll snap. He has, he'll get quick. He has he's taken quick. food out of his hands uh-huh. without yeah, like, wanting to give it to him. Like, oh, okay, so he just lunged in there without yeah, having. Carson will be sitting like on that couch where we had a chair at the foot of the recliner. Like mm-hmm. he'd be eating. What was it? A, he a, ate banana. a banana one day. And yeah, he he's just holding a banana. He's just and Carson's just watching TV holding a banana, and he'll just take it. Yeah, so he doesn't have. 
So, so it seems like too, and things are happening like that. It seems like he doesn't necessarily respect the. He doesn't know the boundary with him either. Right. Mm-hmm. With Carson, he doesn't understand the boundary completely, and that's where you would come in, and then again teach him boundary as well. It's not necessarily about saying we need distance as much as it is saying this. I'm just teaching you how I need you to interact mm-hmm. with him. How to kind of navigate this. How to navigate, how yeah. To so, so all you're doing is creating a clear direction. Uh, and it's not about being dominant with him or like <laughs> throwing him on his side. It's just slowly saying, this is what we need from you. If he's eating, I need you to lay over here. I need you to sit. I need you to do this. Um, I, I don't need you to feel that you have the power to run in there and just snag right from his hand. Right. And if he does something like that, it's, there should be some kind of correction, whether or not it's a firm no. And if he drops it out of his mouth, you need to reward that. Because he is then giving it back up and say, okay, crap, oops, my bad. Yeah. And then you reward that because he gave up sure. immediately. And it's not just, it's not like you discipline and it's done. It's discipline, follow through, let him know he, does, he chose something different. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I see when dealing with kids is that the follow through is never there. It's always just, I, I, I snapped at the dog, the dog ran or did something else, but I never went back and said that was the right thing to do. Never went back and said the dog you, to the dog, "You did the right thing. That was good. I, yeah, that what you did there, I will take that over the other thing any day." Mm-hmm. It was definitely about making sure that the the follow through always happens. And the same thing when they teach you in obedience, that the follow through has to be there. So the dog's gonna sit, stay, and he gets up and you discipline. And you say, "No, no, no, no." And the dog puts his butt back on the ground. It should be followed by an immediate good job. Mm-hmm. You know, and that way you good job or a treat. Um, and then, and then, as the end of the behavior comes, you just mark it and then free them up or release them, and then that's that's how they know that they did it right. Okay, it's the same process. All you're doing now is you're rewarding emotion in the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then just a little bit on like eating time. Mm-hmm. I have we have been putting them upstairs sometimes because he will be like throwing food on the ground and stuff mm-hmm. and, just not, and just not eating. Yeah. Um. But the problem is, is like, that's not his fault. No, for him going after the food on the ground? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, we don't yell at him for going after the food on the ground. Mm-hmm. We try to correct him for throwing it on the ground. But at the same time, is like, in order to get him to focus on eating, we have to remove him from the situation. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I so, mean, like, so whatever you okay want to... If I, if I tell, have him go upstairs... Yeah, because he's not insecure. He's, like, going, it's buffet yeah. time. It's buffet time. Right. Yeah, so he's confident. Okay. Yeah, you're, so when you tell him to leave and say, this is what I need from you right now, yeah. you're, not, you're not doing anything bad. I just didn't want, yeah. Yeah, I, it's I, like when he's, when he's like running between your, underneath your legs and he's like pressing against the couch and then, you're, and then you discipline him for doing that, that's, that's, where the, that's, that's where discipline becomes bad because he's scared. So that so scared needs to be followed with patience okay. and understanding and empathy and say, this, okay, he needs my help. Mm-hmm. When he's sitting there like, I need the food. Drop it down. <laughs> Just give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Then you can tell him what you want him to do. You can use what it, you can do, do whatever because he's completely confident in that situation. He may not like it that you're taking him upstairs. He may bark or whatever because you know he he knows what he's missing. He knows what he's missing. Yeah. So he's going to tell you, hey, I disagree with that. Okay. But, yeah, um, I just don't, that, but yeah, that's the thing. But you're not going to do anything. I don't want him feeling he's being punished for mm-hmm. something that isn't or, his fault. Or it, wherever wherever he eats, you can tell him to sit in the other room, and he can still witness what's going on. But the more you have him in a sit stay or a down stay, and he's maybe throwing stuff, if he doesn't get up, 
I would reward him with some sort of dog treat or kibble or whatever and tell him because asking. she's doing what you're asking him to do in that moment. So if you don't want him being a little hovercraft around the high chair, then if he does the right thing, then you, you're definitely rewarding. You don't have to completely remove him. Because if, if you remove him and you set up bars and you really make it to where he can't come in, he's not really learning a lesson. All he's learning is just like, he, all he's going to develop is anxiety. Right. You know? Yeah, and that's what... Yeah, so if you just remove him and he doesn't understand what's happening and you set up bars around him and block him from coming, it's just like, you know, a dog he wants to go smell on the walk another dog and you and you're just like no 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 instead of allowing making the dog sit and relax once the dog relax then you can go up to that fence or whatever the dog's at and if the dog's friendly they can sniff and then that way he learns he goes okay i gotta sit and relax first then i can smell and all you're gonna do now is remove him and tell him this is where i need you to be and this could be a two-person thing because obviously one's gonna have to feed the child and and then you have to reward him for what you, for what he's doing right and what and this, you know if he's a fast learner he will do it first session. He's real quick. Yeah, so like you do it right, first session, he'll, first session you decide to work with him, he'll start to have a general understanding. And then probably by the end of the week, you'll be like, he's just doing it on his own. And, and once he's done, once, you're, once Carson's done eating, you come over and you mark his behavior and then you'll just drop his reward on the ground and he gets one reward after he's learned it. Okay. But you know, when, what you want to do is you want to start to see him kind of do it on his own. Mm-hmm. Sit there and say, okay. Carson, get down. <laughs> he's like, he's like. So when you start to see him do it on his own, he's gonna come around in that spot where you designated, and he's just gonna come over and lay down. When you see him getting the high chair ready, all that stuff is a precursor. So you want him to come around and offer that behavior. And when he does, whatever you decide to name it, it doesn't matter if you even name it. But if he starts to offer it to you, that's when you know that you're doing it right because he'll offer it, and that way he's not he's confident about giving you something. He's like, oh we're getting ready to do this and he's confident to give you that because he knows at the end of the day that there's going to be some kind of pay there's going to be pay involved so he's like yeah i'm going to do that for them because they're going to give me like a a dental stick or whatever it is that he loves at the end of it he just he's just going to need pieces of that the first time to sit there and say yep where you're at right now yes that's what i want yes that's what i want And, and just keep them there yeah so like if you get like 30 seconds and he's staying there, you can walk back over and drop another piece of food on the ground because you're constantly reinforcing the amount of time it's going to take for Carson to eat. And eventually he can sit there all day and lay there all day and he sits in the high chair all day and he just stays there because dogs don't sense the time like that. Right. They, just, they, they have a sense of time, but it's not like, it's just very loose. I mean, they, you know, so, you know, if you didn't come home today, they'd be like, well, wait a second. Everything kind of went into this motion of the sun was here. The reason why they don't tell time very well is because the sun's always changing. It's never the same, so the consistency is not there. Mm. <clears throat> so it's like the sun will get to a certain point, but every time it's like it's like well, it's, it's just never the same. So they never get used to it, sure. right? And so, so for him to come back and be behind me, he trusts me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so he like he's just sitting there looking. <laughs> he's like he's like yeah, well, he's he's looking and watching, and he's just like well, well I'm gonna I'm gonna stay behind him right now, and that's okay to to me. I'd rather have a dog who's looking for help rather than who's not who's like who's deciding to say I'm gonna I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go deal with it on my own and whether or not I'm gonna growl or jump up on the couch or do whatever right. and just figure it out. So Dexter, hey, good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and before he comes up or I <clears throat> Yeah, so I can so everything about me to him 
if I work with him is is all just about structure and reward, structure and reward, structure and reward, structure and reward. That's all it ha That's all it is. That's all my relationship is with him, and he learns to trust that because there's nothing else involved in it. There's true. There's happiness in there when he when he does it right, mm -hmm. you know. But there's nothing else in there other than the the gratification he seeks from me, and the and and the reward system is consistent. And, that, and that's the same thing with you guys. Is that if you when you're teaching him something, if you can just balance it out to where I'm just teaching it. And when he does it right, I'm going to be super happy because I'm going to be giggled that I actually got him to do it, <laughs> that I actually taught him something new, you know. And so that's that to me is where they where that where that where that that the funness comes in when since you're like, holy crap, he's actually getting it. I'm just keep doing this, and then eventually you work yourself up to a point where you don't even have to ask him anymore. He just knows that's the routine. Hey, <laughs> Dex. Let's see if he's going to jump up there now. Maybe. He's looking. Is there, is there food, pretzels anywhere? <laughs> well, at least he's highly food motivated, so that to mark behaviors is very simple. Yeah. Well, they, like, we could probably just cut up, take the dentist and cut them up. You can, you, you can cut them up, and then when you ask for him to do longer, longer exercises, like like eating there, like other night, have a slice of turkey or whatever, you know, then that then that reward. If he if he did the whole thirty minutes or whatever without moving or anything, you're like, boom. And mark, mark the behavior, then throw it. And that way he's like, wow, that was a really good reward. I did really good that time. And just make sure he has that. So everything's designed in a dog's mind. When you sit there and design it as an activity or an exercise, it's, it gets designed around. So if, he's, if he has a clear understanding and offers you certain behaviors, like when, you, when Carson starts to approach you and he decides to get down and lay on the floor until he's invited back up, when he starts to offer you those kinds of behaviors, what can end up happening? In it? Good job, buddy. Get up and move. Good job. When when he starts to offer you those kinds of behaviors, then you know he's doing it right. So then that that activity can become an exercise, and he's starting to technically work then. Okay. And then you can constantly reinforce, and you say, and then when and then maybe when Carson's done and he decides to go draw or whatever out here, then you can mark his whole, the whole exercise with play or some kind of affection or something. And then that way he understands that, that that exercise that he's doing and what he's offering you is what you need need from him. That's the biggest thing that I would I would do and, and pay attention to because a lot of times they'll they'll offer us something and it's good and we just don't ever follow through. Yeah, we don't recognize it. There's like just like when he was underneath your legs and then Carson ran up and he come run up to me. I reward him for that. I go down and petted him because that was a good choice. You made a good choice. Rather than stay there and protect or stay there and growl or whatever, you made a better choice to sit there and say, I'm going to move and get let space happen. Hey, go take this back to the table, please. Yeah. Did I draw some bacon there? <laughs> Dexter. Hey. Come here, buddy. Come here. Oh, good job. But he's he's very he's very like he's very docile with the grown-ups, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you can see, he comes in, he's like, hello, everything, and he's, he trusts. He sits right in front like that for me. That it is a sign of trust when they do that, and also it can be a sign of guarding depending on how tense he is. Right now, he's loose. He's not. He's not. He's not. The way his legs kicked out. <laughs> uh oh. The way his legs kicked out and everything to me that that means he's loose.
<laughs> it's like, help clean up now, buddy. You're looking around. Let's see what he does, and things happen. I mean, it's been very helpful. Can you sit? And a lot of it makes sense. Oh, Can you sit? Hey, good job. Yee, good boy. And he's definitely a pleaser. I mean, he he wants to do right. That, that, I think that's the biggest. What was that? I don't know. Something fell. It's okay. Hey. Good job. Oh, I think it's a closet. It sounded like over there. Definitely came from. Yeah, this way. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. It sound like something kind of slid over or something. Dexter, you Bubba? Yes. Good job. We'll find it later. We'll find it later. Later. You're trying to. Yeah, it's definitely, he's de I can tell you, he's definitely not in malicious and intent that he has a, like, everything well, that the child does is wrong. Well, it's it's a certain little things, certain little situations that he needs help with. And that's what it is, is he needs guidance. Just needs a little bit of guidance. It's not, like, it's not like the whole relationship is damaged. It's just those little certain little parts. And you guys are having trouble with it with the bed. And the, it's the same thing. Well, I mean, and, the, and that's the thing is, if I truly thought that he was being malicious, like we would just have to rehome him, him. Yeah. immediately. But yeah. that's the thing is, it's like it's been building and building to that. I'm like, so if he's yeah. been trying to tolerate it, he's, and yeah. he just don't have the knowledge. He was trying to ask for help, and then he's, yeah. he's, he's run out because, like, if he was really malicious, he'd be like, he just he would be doing those when every time he walked by him, there'd be just like no trust there, mm -hmm. and that's not the case. The case is, is they have a they have a they have a healthy relationship. It's that there's certain times where he needs help, understanding what the what what is asked me what is being required. Mm. Yeah. Does all that make sense to you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. And I don't know um, as far as like further sessions or whatever. How you I mean, I can follow up with you guys in a week and just see how things are going. Okay. Um, and if you need me to come back out, I, I, I can come back out. The next time I come out, it'll, it'll be 80 for a session. Okay. Um, but the, but I mean, if you guys work it and you guys understand like the concept of marking a behavior and training with everything, I think you guys will be just fine. He's not a bad dog at all. Uh, there's, he just, he just got to a point where he's unsure what to do. And, uh, and those little small little situations, you, you know, when they're about to happen because you can see yourself, you can feel yourself go, oh crap, okay, let me, you know. So that even, when you start to understand how you're acting with him when he's come, when Carson's coming, that's right before you get to that point, you need to tell him to tell him what you need him to do so you feel better. Because when you feel better, he's going to feel great. Because he's going to be like, ah, he's telling me what to do. And it's like, oh, he gave me this, he gave me this activity to do. 
And now, my, the, now he feels great when Carson comes over. Because <laughs> he's not taking it. Like I said before, he knows what to do. He knows what to do. What, he knows what to do. There's confidence. You don't feel uneasy because what's happening, like I said before, what happens is, is every time Carson comes over in that situation, you get unsure. And you get to, you change. So he's like, oh, I don't know if I well, like that. Right, right. So you, so that's what I mean. Like he doesn't register that it has to do with him. Right. And that's what I'm saying. So when you get ready to tell him what to do and then all of a sudden it works out and you're, and then he's like, oh, wow, he, here now Carson comes over and I do this. And, and now I'm really, now everybody's happy. Whatever he's, whatever's happening here is changing. Mm-hmm. And that's what he registers. Okay. No, that so. makes sense. I, I think, yeah, I think we're just gonna have to do what we can for a week. But I mean, well, it's a week, two week. weeks. I mean, I'll just follow up with you. Yeah. Whatever you got. If everything's, if you, if you haven't had any incidents in a week, that's great. And like, if you says something comes up and you need to come back out, that's great too. Well, I just. Uh, well, I think I at least would want to have you for a follow up because okay. there's a whole lot that I take I've taken in tonight. Yeah. And just to. Because then it'll start to help us break it down into steps or whatever, just to make sure. Um, because then there's certain things like, cause there's things that I've been wanting mm-hmm. not related to this. Okay. Just to make sure like we have a bed in our bedroom for him, like on the floor. And you would like him to be there? I would love for him to just sleep. Just be there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We would love for him to, to be there, but at the same time, it's like not knowing like how he would react or how he should. I'm like, I want, I only want him to sleep there. Like if he's in ends up enjoying sleeping there or whatever. Well, yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, wherever you're happy with him at and he knows that then he's providing you the service that he was designed to do and so like if you know if if you're happy with him being on the bed if you're happy with him being on the on his own bed mm-hmm. and and he's been rewarded for that and he has a great association with that he's going to be happy doing that for you that there's no there's no there's no there's no misconception. They're either all happy or they're all not happy. <laughs> it's like and the, and the reason why they're not happy usually is because we didn't give them the we haven't consistently told him what 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 we need from him in that moment. Well, and, and, the, and that may change too, like as we progress, because if the bed stuff gets better, then I'm like we probably like whenever we move. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad thing that he sleeps in the bed. It's like I said, what it is 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 how he interacts. So every single time he hears, if he growls, and you tell him to get down, don't use the bed as like the discipline part of it. Mm-hmm. Tell him to lay on the floor. Okay. Like you growl at me, I'm you're gonna get off the bed and you're gonna lay on the floor. And as soon as you lay on the floor, I'm gonna reward that. Okay. Or, but but I wouldn't I wouldn't have the bed I wouldn't have his bed related to that. I would do his bed completely different to where I would just make that thing positive. Okay. So maybe he chooses the bed. Oh, okay. Just, he, he just may end up choosing the bed. Yeah. But discipline followed by, discipline followed by, as soon as he gets down, good job. That's what I needed from you. And then you can invite him back in your bed if you want. But he learns that, crap, you know, I get removed completely mm-hmm. when I growl. Right. But, I, but as soon as he gets down and he chose something right, then you, can, then you can tell him, good, you got down. I appreciate that. Now let's try again. You can come back up, but I'm only going to do this twice. If you growl again, I'm not asking you to come back up. You're going to stay off. And it's gotten to the point that, I mean, some nights, and now this is another whole different thing, with how he's been getting timid during uh, storms and stuff, like, he will literally shake and, like, 
crawl up and like almost sit on my head to where like we can't sleep. And, like, like in the bed, or is it is it is, it is it just that storms at night when he's in bed, or is it storms that just in general during the day? He can what does he do during the day when during you're not the day, in bed? Like he'll come hide behind me. Like I've been sitting in this corner to where he literally jumped up here and sat up here. Okay. So one of the things that you want to do when his flight when his flight mode is in and in, in going because that's what's happening is he has a he has a flight mode and you need to block his flight. You need to block him from flighting away and saying no. You now you're gonna deal with this. I'm gonna have a leash on you. If I know there's a thank you so much. When I have when I have when I have when I know there's a storm coming and I see it coming and I hear thunder and he starts to get nervous, I'm gonna grab him a leash and I'm gonna put a leash on him and I'm gonna tell. Uh, right there, and I'm going to grab him a leash, and I'm going to tell him, I need you right here, and I'm just going to give that same structure. I'm going to say, I'm going to come over here, and have you lie down here, or I'm going to take you on a walk. I'm going to give you some activities to work through, whether it's, whether it's obedience training, whether it's something, but I would give him something he knows how to do, okay. whether it's play fetch, if you can play some ball in the house, if, yeah, he, likes, yeah. if, he, if he likes ball, yeah. as soon as I see a storm, I know there's a storm coming as maybe it's 20, 25 minutes away and I know we're going to get a direct hit mm-hmm. and you can hear the thunder off in the distance a little bit. Finding out where he starts to register that is key. But if you know there's a storm coming, I would do something he absolutely loves to do and I would take him outside and play ball and I would just keep going. I would just keep playing ball. If the storm's coming and all of a sudden you hear this real bad thunder, I mean, I'm not asking anybody to get struck by lightning. Right. But I would... But like, if we can tolerate it... To but if, as much as you can tolerate it and, then, and that way... He's working as it's happening. He's having an environment. Something's, something's going on in the environment, and he's getting something he loves. Okay. Now his association is, well, every time I smell water in the air, mm-hmm. probably going to go play ball. Right. And now he gets excited. Right. And that, 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 or a walk. Or, you know, if you know there's a storm coming and it's, and it's in the air, you can take him on a walk. If he likes to walk, that's great. Um, I never ever had an experience with a dog that did not like, like, could not tolerate storms or, or change their mind on storms or even fireworks. Okay. Um, because I, like I said, I've always, I walked, I walked my guys every single day. The storms, snow, didn't matter. I took him outside. That's how I actually got Snickers, I think, okay with storms is when he was a puppy. I don't know if he was bad with them or not. I know it's on his first storm, though. I took him outside during the storm and he went to the bathroom. I played, I bought a ball out there with me and I played with him. Um, in the process of the storm approaching. Okay. And so he, he, never, he never had a problem going outside in the rain to use the bathroom. A lot of dogs were like, I don't like getting my fur wet or whatever, yeah. but it, it just never was an option. I just we were going outside. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I never really thought anything of it. I didn't think anything of it. I just, this is the activity we're doing. I don't, want, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're going to be scared of storms or not, but I'm going to, you know, for me, it gets cooler before a storm comes. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go outside for a little bit and enjoy it. So that's what I would do. But it's really about just teaching him, giving him a different outlet, a different way to channel that, that nervous energy. So you can either let him be nervous or you can let him be excited. And he can have, he can have that, 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 that switch. If he knows he's playing ball and, he, and all of a sudden he starts to associate moisture in the air with something coming, that moisture in the air now becomes an association with playing ball or going on a walk or something different. Right? But the storms, the storms is what, the storms is what comes out with fear. You know, the, that's kind of like what is, uh, that's him showing his true colors about how he feels about Carson, how he feels mm-hmm. on the inside when something happens that he doesn't know how to deal with. The thing is, is nobody's chasing him at that moment, so he just goes up and hides and gets as high as he can and hides. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, 
but that's how he feels about that. He gets that same way when Carson comes, so you help him through the storms. That's also building trust to you. Um, There's just nobody chasing him at that moment, so he's not going to bite. If he does get nervous in the bed, like, I don't want to misuse his kennel because we do kennel him during the day when we're gone. No, I wouldn't put him in a kennel. I just don't get on the floor. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 if he tries to get back up, I'm like, no. And, and if he chooses to go in his kennel or go in his yeah, bed? Yeah, whatever he wants to go do. Okay. Then you're just rewarded. You say, good job, that's a good choice. But one thing you don't want to do is you don't want him to do when he, if he, it's like I would give him like two times to, to, to do it right. Mm-hmm. So like if he's in bed, before I would even get in bed though, I would ask him to get down because I'm going to get comfortable then I'll invite you up. At the end of the day, I will resource guard on my own bed <laughs> and I will, and then I will invite you back up. You can get back up. Once you get comfortable, my foot touches you in a way you don't like and you growl, that's it. You're getting down. And then I'll ask him to lay down or whatever. If he does, if he gets down on his own after I tell him no, then I will definitely tell him good job. Thank you for getting down. And then I will invite him back up. And if he does the same thing again, I won't let him back up the rest of the night. Okay. Try again the next day. But it's like, it's like you know, at the end of the day, if you're, if you need to make the association that growling is not okay, that getting, getting tense on the bed is not okay. You're either gonna, you're either gonna move. And that's what you're doing initially when you're getting in the bed if he's already in there is you're telling him to move. So you're saying every time that I move, you just give space and you find somewhere else to lay. Okay. That's it. And at the end, so, so before you guys get in bed, if he's already in there, he's got to, I'd be like, get down. I'm going to get comfortable. And when I feel like I'm ready for you to come up, then I'll invite you back up. But that might take a little while. Like I said, I wouldn't do it right at bedtime when you're exhausted. I would, I would challenge the bed uh, before that. Hey, Ash. One more thing. I want to make sure you're here for this question. Hey, I figured out what fell. What is it? The wipes. What? Oh. The boxes of wipes up here. <laughs> yeah, those are unsteady. Yeah. Okay, but what? So, since he's comfortable with me around food and walks and stuff, and like I've been the primary person, mm-hmm. do you think it would be beneficial to have her be doing a lot of primary stuff like on walks? No, but like when we go on a family walk, like she... She always has me hold his leash. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't like holding his leash. Well, she's related to it. Okay. You know, I so, mean, so that's okay. Like, yeah, I mean, it's okay. it's okay. Like at the at the, at the same time, like if you're. Okay. If you're, yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, if she, you know, even if she took him out on her own, and he and he walked great. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's related to that walk. As long as he's walking good. Everybody's related to that. Everybody gets that experience of him finding pace with the family. Okay. So. No, that's just where I want to make sure. I'm sorry yeah. for all the questions. Oh, no, man. Ask away. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is, like, just. Dexter. Hey. Good job, Bubba. I mean, I've had. Can you sit? Three or four dogs now, but the thing is, like I said. Hey, like, can you sit? My family was not. Good with dogs necessarily. Like, yeah, they had they had unreasonable expectations of, of yeah, dogs. Yeah, dog touched the dog. Dog growled at my kid. Dog got his ass beat. <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of like the mentality. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, school yeah. stuff. Like if my parents knew that he nipped him, like my dad would come over here and like anything that he didn't do perfect, I'm sure my dad would try to beat my dog. Right. Which would force me to beat my dad. <laughs> well, um, yeah. But I mean, but that's the thing is because it would be that unreasonable expectation, of, like not understanding that hey. He didn't feel as though he had another option. It's not because he 
Yeah, it's it's just it's, when that, when things like that happen, it's just that there's just not a clear. He doesn't have a clear direction of he he has doesn't have a clear understanding of what's expected of him and because he's great. I mean, like he he seems to have a really good temperament, a really good personality, real confident when the things that you need him to do, the things that he knows he can do, real confident. Mm-hmm. It's just some of the times some now it's like different things are his life. The life is constantly changing. Now he can walk now. He's like, you know, he didn't have time to adjust to the walking because it's like one day they walk, one day they don't. You know, it's like, yeah. so there's not a whole lot of adjusting to it. Um, he just he just never really learned how to do it. And then he never, you know, and now it's just like, all you got to do is show him. You got to say, this is what is expected of you. Oh, I'm keeping you way too late. Man. You're fine. Hey, it's okay. Mommy will be done. This right. is for you for this time. All right, appreciate um, it. I would, well, we'll let... I'll reach out to you. Okay. Um, uh, whether it's in a week or two weeks, like if things keep improving a week, I may give it two weeks just to make sure that, because of course, them.